Thomas Edison once said, Our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is to always try just one more time. Hi, Alex McFarland here. You're listening to the American Family Radio Network. So glad you're with us. We've got an hour of great biblical worldview programming here on AFR. So glad you're listening. I'm going to talk about some questions from the the book that Bert Harper and I released just a couple of months ago called 100 Bible Questions and Answers, one of which is the question, should a Christian attend a gay wedding? Should they or should they not? I mean, if if you attend the, the wedding, quote-unquote, of a person who identifies as gay, is that showing support and Christian love and thus potentially opening the door for more ministry to uh, into their life? Or is is your fidelity to what the Word of God says more important? And, and I really want your thoughts on this. I really want to hear where people are on this issue, because we get this question every week, um, sometimes almost every day, but the number is 888-589-8840. 888 Should a Christian attend a gay wedding? Uh, if you're just tuning in, you, know, you may have heard my voice before on a show called Exploring the Word, which is heard every afternoon, 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 to 4 p.m. Central, and so forth across America, Exploring the Word. But, you know, there there is all kind of uh, really great programming on the American Family Radio Network. I would encourage you to check out the AFR app. Uh, go to the AFR website. You can find a station map. One of the questions I get as I travel, people say, where is the station in my area? Well, the good news is you can find that at the Station Finder, and I would encourage you to also download the, the app for all mobile devices, and uh, you can stay up with good programming like today's issues, Sandy Rios, uh, airing the Addisons. By the way, the Addisons, oh my goodness, Will and Mickey Addison will be at my youth camp July 17th through 22nd. Now, folks, you have got time to be a part of this. Your teenagers, middle school and high schoolers. By the way, the camp we've rented this year just uh, coincidentally is in my home state of North Carolina. We, we have done youth camps in California, Texas, Virginia, South Carolina, uh, all Indiana. did one in Indiana one time. But um, ncrefuge.org, as in NC, North Carolina, ncrefuge.org. Or you can go to my own website, which is alexmcfarland.com. But our theme for this year's camp is Unashamed, Building Your Biblical Worldview. And so I would encourage you to pray about it. Listen, invest a week that can count for a lifetime. Well, And we're going to do all the fun camp stuff, swimming and horseback riding and fishing and hiking. Marshmallows over the campfire. We're all going to do that. But the thing we do at our camp, for one thing, we talk about what it means to be a Christian. And we make sure that all of our kids at our camp know what it is to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But then we talk about God and country. And let me say, you know, when I first went into youth ministry 25 years ago, um, you know, it was all about heaven and the gospel, and it still is. But more and more, we talk to kids about loving America and why we need to save this nation and not become Marxist. And so it's July 17th through 22nd, our annual Truth for New Generation camp, and there's an article about it in the April edition of 
The Stand, the AFA Journal Magazine. So, I, And I'm deeply grateful for AFA doing a feature on our camp and our ministry. Um, well, I'm going to go to the calls, and I'm going to cue this up. We're going to talk with Tony in Tennessee. Uh, one of the questions, when Bert Harper and I did our book last fall, we had questions about, you know, does the Bible address homosexuality, transgenderism? But one of the questions that really a lot of Christians have wrestled with should a believer, should a Christian attend a gay wedding? Tony in Tennessee, thanks for calling in. And let, let's let's talk about this a little bit. What do you say? Well, Alex, I say no for the simple fact that if you're going to be for God, you have to be all the way for Him and no compromise. And I feel like when we compromise that way, no matter how we tell them, I'm here for you because I love you and because I want us to... Uh, you can't even use the word support because then you're supporting what they're doing. And one thing the Bible tells us is that marriage is between a man and a woman. So if you go to a gay wedding, man a man, woman a woman, then you're telling God he's wrong, whether you believe it in your heart or not. That's how they're going to take it, regardless. Tony, you, you nailed it. I mean, either God is right or, or humanity is right. And, and I like how you said that. I mean, in, in showing support for this, are we saying, you know, God... You and your Bible, you got it wrong. That that's almost the message we're sending, isn't it, Tony? Oh, we, well, we lost Tony, but uh, I agree with that call. A good caller, but um, the number is triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty. Dan in Texas. Uh, this is really one of the burning issues of our time, isn't it, Dan? Hey, Dan, are you there? We lost Dan. You know, people with cell phones, they'll hit a dead spot or something like that. Alex McFarland here. Uh, the number is 888-589-8840. Should a Christian attend a gay wedding? Why or why not? And let me say, I'm not going to uh, not gonna <laughs> verbally attack anybody or anything. If, if you are a Christian and you believe that, that you should if it's somebody you care about. I, I want to hear why or why not. Um, and part of the reason I'm unpacking these is because, listen, for the Christian, we we can't really, we don't have the luxury to stay in the comfort zone. And the burning issues of our day are moral issues. And it seems like, if you read church history, every in, in every era, Christians had different hot-button issues to deal to deal with. If you saw that movie about a decade ago, Amazing Grace, the John Newton story, the issue was, was not only slavery, but child slavery. I mean, just tragically heartbreaking to watch, but it was so well depicted on film, um, child slavery. And it sounds amazing, but for a while the church in England was silent on that subject. And uh, John Newton and others, William Wilberforce, began to speak out. And at first, oh man, they were criticized. William Wilberforce was just vilified, even by friends. But his Christian conviction led him to speak out. And eventually... The light bulb came on and people said, oh my goodness, of course child slavery is wrong. But there had to be some courageous folks that stood for truth. I think 
right now, if if the Lord doesn't come back, and if history continues on, and you know there have been Christians that have been silent on homosexuality, and silent on the subject of gay marriage. There have been pastors that wouldn't preach or speak out. I think if enough years go by, people are going to look back and say, oh my goodness, why didn't the Christians stand up for the Lord? Why didn't the Christians stand up for God's truth? Why didn't the Christians stand for what they knew was right in their soul? Now, should a Christian attend a gay wedding? Why or why not? A lot of people have a lot of positions on this. We're going to try to weigh in on this topic a little bit on today's edition of the program. I want to go to Yvette in Ohio. Yvette, thanks for holding. Welcome to the American Family Radio Network. Hello. Good morning, Yvette. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Like so, I said, even if, even if it was my child, and I am a child of the king, I love my child, but not not his his lifestyle. So I could not attend a wedding for that. I would not. Have, I would not have anything to do with it. Number one, don't bring the man over to my house either. Don't come say, "Oh no, it's not right." And do do you think sometimes children almost um, they they make their parents show their love by betraying? The Bible. It's almost like either you betray the Bible or you don't love me. That that's not that's not fair to put in front of a parent, is it? No. You see, my child, my mother, my sisters don't have a hell no heaven to put me in. I have to give an account to God for myself. Each and every one of us has to give an account to God. So if you know, oh, well, it's my baby. No, it ain't happening in my book. I mean, I don't have any gay kids, thank God. But I feel for the parents that have the kids, the gay kids. You know, I really do feel for them because they're, like, they're torn. But if you're not studying, reading the Word of God and what God says, if you are, then you will not be torn between Boy, God you know, and is God. It- you just made an amazing statement. Folks, did you hear this? This is, sister, you are brilliant. You are brilliant. Yvette just said, my parents or my child don't have a heaven or hell to put me in. God does. I mean, sister, you, you get an A for the day in the classroom here. I give you an A, Yvette. Because, look, folks, should we love people, care about people, uh, respectfully dialogue with people? Of course. But let's remember... As, and this is Matthew 10, 28. Jesus said, don't fear the one who could kill your body. Fear the one who has the power to throw your soul into heaven or hell. That's God. And look, when it comes down to my eternity and my soul, yeah, you bet. I'm going to do what stands with God and his word and his truth. Yvette, uh, sister, I give you a big amen. Uh, we're going to go to Tammy in Texas. Tammy, thanks for holding. Welcome to the American Family Radio Network. Good morning. Good morning. How are you today? Uh, I'm good. Um, I just, absolutely not. Absolutely not. As God followers who believe the Bible, the Bible calls 
calls homosexuality sin. It's plain and simple. Mm -hmm. So we do not support it, and we vocalize that. We say it as much as we can. No, I do not support you being gay. I love you. You are a you are a creature created by God, put on this earth, and He wanted you here. And I love you, but I will not accept sin. I am a God follower, and I believe Amen. the Bible. The Bible calls it sin, and, and I just think as Christians we have to speak that as often as we can. You know, we love you, and and I love you because. Like I said, you're a creature of God, but you're sinning, and the Bible yeah. calls it sin, and you're doomed to hell. And I don't want you to go to hell. I want you to have a relationship with our God like I do, because it is the most fulfilling. And, and, and you know, fulfilling. there's nothing fulfilling like your relationship with the Lord. And amen. it hurts us as Christians to see those that are that don't have it. And we know that they're hurting inside. They're just seeking something. And I know. And, and you know, look, just, Tammy, let me say thank you so much for calling in and thank you for your clear, uh, heartfelt convictions for standing for the truth. Folks, uh, we've got a lot of calls and we're going to get to you. We're going to do our best to get to you. Um, here, here's the thing. And I, uh, when I was in my master's program at Liberty University, we had in my developmental psych uh, study, and I, I minored in developmental psychology and a philosophy master's at Liberty. And we had a number of courses on um, sexual deviancy and why people pursue sexual deviancy. And it's always the result of abuse. You, you've got to understand all these people that identify as gay, transgender, it's not because God made them that way. No, far from it. Uh, it's because of a means of trying to deal with pain. Now, when we come back, and I see these calls, uh, we've got Calvin from Georgia, we've got Mississippi, we've got Virginia on the line. Uh, folks, hang on, we're going to get to you. I want to hear, uh, should a Christian attend a gay wedding? This is one of the questions in my book with Bert Harper, and uh, Bert and I answer it, I think, in a very loving, very gentle, pastoral way. There were some Christian retailers that wouldn't carry the book because they said, we, we shouldn't even touch that issue. I think we should, and we will. So stay tuned to the American Family Radio Network. Judy Goodell and her husband set up a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation. What we love about it is that it represents stewardship principles that we feel strongly about. So we got very, very excited about this opportunity. With a charitable gift annuity through the AFA Foundation, an AFA supporter can guarantee a permanent monthly income, as well as supporting the American Family Association for years to come. We do feel convicted about really praying about all that God has really blessed us with. And so many people we know just want to leave it all to their kids. And we know the danger of that. And so we just are really just trying to pray through it. And God gave us great confirmation as we prayed that this would be a good use of the Lord's money. Find out if a charitable gift annuity is right for you at 800-326-4543, extension 345, or email foundation at afa.net. 
Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. Coming up on this Friday edition of Washington Watch, last week... No more tolerance for abusive actions by monopolies. But is it really just another power grab by the federal government? Parents are not happy with classroom indoctrination and the radical policies they're pushing. Washington Watch, weekday afternoons at 4 Central and Saturday evenings at 6 Central on American Family Radio. God has uniquely designed your child, and on the next Focus on the Family, you'll learn about the four main personality types of kids and how you can better nurture, communicate, and disciple your child based on his or her personality. You'll also learn what to do when you have a personality clash. Next time on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. Focus on the Family is heard each weekday morning at 5 o'clock Central on American Family Radio. It gives an impetus to share your faith when you think you've got answers to objections that you expect people to bring up. The American Family Studios video series, Intro to God's Revelation, featuring Dr. Richard Howe, shows how God has revealed Himself in nature and His Word, and how we can rightly understand what God has said. These truths are just a part and parcel of the Christian life. It isn't just for the professional clergy. Learn the fundamentals of how to approach and understand the Bible in an age of skepticism. This six-week video curriculum is perfect for your Sunday school class or study group, and it can prepare you to give a defense of God's Word and how He speaks to us in nature. Knowing whether and how God communicates is a safeguard against false claims about God communicating. Intro to God's Revelation, DVDs and workbook are available for purchase at afastore.net or call 877-927-4917. Welcome back to AFR. Alex McFarland here. You know, the recent book that Bert Harper and I did, 100 Bible Questions and Answers, one of the big questions was, should a Christian attend a gay wedding? And uh, we, we in the book said, you know, it's everybody's decision. Personally, and I'm only speaking for Alex McFarland, Ben Burt was speaking, uh, we were saying no because... Uh, for one thing, it's not really a marriage. And I'm going to say this. Um, something that is clearly spelled out in the Bible as sin, and we know volumes of research show is destructive psychologically, physically, and we believe spiritually. You know, um, what if a child said, hey, if you love me, look, I've got a drug deal Friday night. I'm going to be buying a load of meth downtown would you attend this transaction? I want you to affirm what I'm doing. You know, uh, I'm, uh, we wouldn't put our tacit endorsement on other kinds of sin, things that are just rebellion against the Word of God. Why this? Why is if you love me defined that you must endorse something God's Word condemns? But I, I want to hear from you. So we're going to go to. Lori in Virginia. Lori, welcome to the American Family Radio Network. All the other callers on hold, we'll do our best to get to you. But Lori, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I would have to say that I would not attend a wedding of a homosexual wedding. I have a daughter that is living this lifestyle, and I, I see how it's affected her. I see how it's affected our relationship. Um, she currently will tell me that if I don't attend, that I do not treat her the same and that 
um, you know, I'm a hater, basically. So it, it's a very difficult situation to be in, but I just cannot go and celebrate that with her. Um, so, so has she asked you? Uh, she's going to have a, a wedding ceremony, and she's asking you to come. She doesn't have one planned yet. She has not. Um, they have not gotten engaged as of this point, but it has definitely been conversations we have. As I know that is going to be the intention. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel like maybe she holds back a little bit from that, simply for the fact that she knows my feelings on it, and I know she knows the truth. Um, not yeah. just my feelings on it. Um, I think she knows the truth. Um, but uh, um, no matter how we discuss it, we we can't come to an agreeable terms of unless I attend, I'm I'm a hater. Wow. Well, for one thing, I want to say thank you for being willing to share this with us, and thank you for for your willingness to stand on your convictions. Um, let me. Have you been able to keep the conversations civil and um, productive? For the most part, we, we've had a very good relationship. This has been going on for probably six years. We've had a very good relationship up until about the last year. She's pulled away more so in the last year as she has progressed into living the lifestyle. Um, not do I feel to me pulling away from her because I, I invite both of them wholeheartedly into my home for dinners and vacations and family events. And they just feel that because they're not treated what they say is equal of another daughter that I have, mm-hmm. that um, they're not welcome and they won't attend without being treated equal. Um, well, so so um, thank you for, for being willing to converse because I'm, I'm always interested in hearing about people's journey. Um, I, I'm just curious, at, at what age did she, did your daughter come out as gay? She came out probably right at 20 years old. Did, did you see it coming, or was it a surprise? I felt it was a surprise. Um, she's not a girly girl. She was definitely more of a tomboy. I am not a girly girl, so yeah. it never affected me like that. I was just very comfortable with her and jeans and T-shirts. And, sure, and, sure. Know, she felt how she was comfortable. Um, she was raised, for the most part, in a, in the church. Um, we did divorce. Her father and I divorced when she was very young. I think that had a very huge impact on her life not having a father in the picture oh, yeah. and not only in the home but one that moved away um he does not make her choices for her obviously she makes her own choices um yeah so i leave it at her i, I used to pray very heartily for a year for conversion for her and i really felt that that was taken off of me when god said just pray for her salvation yeah so that made a total change in my life and you know with all due respect and folks um I could have predicted that that you and her biological father weren't together because listen, I had a developmental psych class with a professor from UCLA Medical School. This was twenty five years ago. I don't know if they would be so frank now, but this professor from UCLA Medical School, five thousand clinical case studies of men and women who identify as gay, they said, um, same-sex ideation or same-sex attraction is always a means of dealing with pain. Now, the top four types of pain might be early childhood molestation, early childhood exposure to pornography, uh, divorce, uh, dealing with the pain of parents' divorce, or, and here's a biggie, lack of bonding with the parent of the same sex. So, 
regardless, and, and I've given this lecture at literally 200 American universities and uh, sometimes on Zoom calls to like psych departments of universities and um, people that identify as gay, even if they don't like what I'm sharing, they'll say, you know what, that that's my profile exactly. So folks, you've got to understand that it's not that human nature has changed. It's not that the Word of God has changed, but it's that people... Um, in this, for for 50 plus years, the Western world and America has been dealing with the explosion of uh, suggestive material, sex, um, the breakdown of the family, divorce, um, a permissive, promiscuous society. People are confused about sex because while all of these cultural uh, decadence has gone on, meanwhile, the pulpit has gone silent, and liberal theology, we don't preach the Word of God like we used to. And so we're in a culture where people uh, have lost their moral compass. I want to go to Calvin in Georgia. Calvin, thanks for holding, thanks for listening. Uh, A Christian attending a gay wedding, thumbs up or thumbs down? Alex, it is absolutely wrong, thumbs down. I have two things I want to share with you, and I probably can do it within less than a minute. About 20, 25 years ago, my sister was gay, and she wanted to bring her friend to one of the family events. Well, I had small kids at the time, and so did another one of my sisters had small kids at the time. And my mother was telling me, and I told her, I said, absolutely not. I said, I will not have that abomination coming around my kids. And I said, if she comes, I'm not coming, and my other sister that heard me said it, and she said the same thing, that we will not bring that around our kids because we do not approve of it. You know, God said that marriage is between a man and a woman, and people mm-hmm. say, well, Jesus said that. said Jesus never spoke about it. Yes, he did. He spoke about it in the 19th chapter of St. John when he said mm-hmm. God said that a man should leave his parents and, and his wife and, they, and the two shall become one flesh. Secondly, I was on the radio show, and the, lady, and the host there, she asked me, she said, will you accept gay marriage? And I said, no. She said, well, supposed the Supreme Court approve of it. I said, because the Supreme Court approve of it, I said, my devotion is to the God and Father of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's not to Amen. my family. It's the Supreme Court. It is to God. And so if I do that, I dishonor God, and I will never dishonor him for something like that. Calvin, you are right on the money. I applaud you for your stand, and I applaud you for your very clear presentation this morning. I really, really appreciate that. And and let me say, folks, just because the Supreme Court makes a law, that doesn't make it right. Listen, our nation, part of what made our nation great for 200 and 44 years, uh, has been not positive law. See, positive law or case law means that what's true is just our most recent court decision. We were based, and very few people know this, but please listen to this. We weren't based on positive case law. Just make it up as we go. We were based on what's called natural law. In other words, there are some timeless, eternal principles written on the human heart, and we really do know them. And folks, part of what's wrong with America right now is that we've, we've 
cut loose from natural law, its objective truth, moral absolutes. It's very often called the Judeo-Christian worldview. And, and by the way, if you go to the rotunda of the Capitol in Washington, you look up at the ceiling, carved into the ceiling is a man seated holding two stone tablets. It's Moses and the Ten Commandments. But it's also not only the specific Exodus 20, Ten Commandments, but it's the law written on all hearts, natural law. The, the, just because the Supreme Court put ink on paper doesn't mean that known truth has changed. I'm going to go to Al in North Carolina. My, yay, North Carolina, my home state. Al, thanks for holding. Gay marriage, should a yes. Christian attend? Yes, sir. I'm, I am absolutely against it, and uh, there's many a reasons. But number one, in order to endorse it, you're endorsing what God condemns. And that's what it is if you go to the marriage. You're endorsing it. And number one, number two, it's not a marriage. Thank you. Even though man's courts redefine it, the culture redefines it, God did not redefine it. And God was the one that instituted marriage, and only God can change it. And what God says, God means, and he'll never change what he says. Al, I agree. In heaven. It, it's, it's not a marriage. Folks, marriage, and this is not only the Word of God, but this is you know 6,000 years of human history and certainly 2,000 years of Western civilization. Marriage is not merely a, um, an emotional relationship that's flexible enough to include any grouping of people. Marriage, by definition, is between a man and a woman. And, and folks, James Dobson, one of the most brilliant Christians of our lifetime, not to mention a, a PhD, and he was head of pediatric psychology at um, uh, USC Medical School. Brilliant guy. Dr. Dobson said, you've got to remember that, the, look, the marketing campaign from Hollywood over the last four decades that has so hugely swayed the opinions of many people, even clergy. But we're talking about the last three milliseconds of human history. And before you throw in the towel and just fall over dead with this well-funded, well-orchestrated, unrelenting marketing campaign, people are turning their back on history, human biology, and the revealed Scripture. And why? Because of, of reality has changed? No. But just as Dobson says, the last two or three milliseconds of human history We've just heard these these loud voices insisting that we turn our back on God, morality, truth, and human biology. It's crazy. Folks, let's have a backbone. Let's lovingly but unswervingly stand for truth. Um, I think history, if Jesus tarries, history is going to look back at us with just not only puzzlement but probably scorn and say, why wouldn't those people stand up? for what they knew was was right. We're going to go to Janet in Texas. Janet, thanks for holding. Welcome to AFR. Gay marriage, gay weddings, should a Christian attend? No, sir. If you were a Christian, you would be um, going in, swaying in to sin because uh, homosexuality is an abomination in the eyes of God. 
They made their choice. They were not born that way. But they made their choice of that lifestyle. And that lifestyle is an abomination in the eyes of God. And if you attend a wedding, you are applauding, essentially, their choice. And you should not. So um, I have witnessed to a homosexual back in the 80s. Uh, I had gone through evangelism training. My heart is in evangelism. And I shared our, sing- our singles went to a bowling alley one night. And uh, since I had already gone through evangelism training, already had many scriptures memorized, I went over to get my bowling ball and my shoes. And I thought, I'm going to win. There were, and when I looked over there, there was a young man dressed in a dress, makeup, everything. And I thought, I'm going to share Christ with him. So I went over and shared Christ with him. I said, sir, I just want to tell you that Jesus loves you. Jesus Christ loves you. And I shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with him. I gave him a gospel tract. And uh, a few months later, I got a call at my apartment. And an older singles, she, her name was Ann. She said, Janet, i just got to share something with you. She said, do you remember when the singles went to Bowling Alley one night and you shared Christ with a homosexual young man? I said, I do. I remember that. She said, well, uh, I so happened to know his mom and dad, and his mama called me, and she said, Janet, she said, his mama said, Ann, my son's a Christian. And she said, well, amen. She said she asked her son, how did you come to the Lord? He said, well, a young lady at a bowling alley one night sure crossed with me. Wow. I was an ins- I'm an instrument, but it's the Word of God that cuts through, and it gets to the heart of the matter. They can accept Christ or reject, but thank the Lord from all reports. That young man, he accepted Christ. And he is a step for a young man. I've used that testimony witnessing to other homosexuals. And uh, this one homosexual man, after I said... Well, uh, hey, forgive me, Janet, for interrupting. Forgive me for interrupting, but we've got this music. Heartbreak. God bless you for your stand for truth. God bless you for your witness. It, It bears fruit. Just like Janet shared some truth and a person ultimately came to Christ... You can too. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says your your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You know, my friend, the late Chuck Colson, he was a friend and a colleague. He said, We've got to help people understand truth is not malleable. Reality cannot be shaped to our whims and delusions. We must stand for truth because truth can't be changed. Stay tuned, we're back after this with more on AFR. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA believes that all men and women, whether in private or public, should be free to exercise their faith without hindrance from the government. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. If it's a prodigal child that has just run away, or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction, there's hope in Jesus. 
In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. Hi, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. As many of you know, Hurricane Ida devastated Louisiana in August, making landfall as a Category 4 hurricane, leaving thousands of families in need of hope. Do you know it's been three years since 8 Days of Hope deployed on a rebuilding trip where we help hundreds of families rebuild their homes for free? But today I've got some exciting news. We're announcing that 8 Days of Hope 17 is going to take place in Laplace, Louisiana from April 9th through the 16th, bringing hope to those who are feeling hopeless. We're going to be doing roofing and drywall painting and so much more. If you'd love to use your gifts to serve those in need, go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. As always, it's free to volunteer with us. Food and lodging are provided. And again, if you're looking to be the hands and feet of Jesus, join us in April when we go to Laplace, Louisiana, during 8 Days of Hope 17. Again, for more information about this outreach or any arm of the ministry, go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. Back in 07, my father passed away. My mother had passed away seven years earlier, and they left me a small inheritance, and I wanted to give back to AFA for all they have done for me. Carol talks about her experience with the AFA Foundation. I am an avid listener to AFR, 12 hours a day, and I hear Dan Celia talking about the charitable gift annuity. I liked what the... uh, gift annuity offered, donated a certain amount, and from that, I get a check every month, which is retirement income for me. If you'd like to support the work of the AFA and receive a fixed income for life, a charitable gift annuity from the AFA Foundation may just be what you're looking for. Learn more by contacting the Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. Welcome back to the American Family Radio Network. Alex McFarland here. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he will give thee the desires of thine heart. What a, what a great promise. Hey, folks, I'm living proof of that. Commit your way to the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. But it's imperative on us that our desires and our priorities and our convictions, what we believe about truth, what we believe about life, what we hold to be important, and we prioritize, must be informed and shaped by the Word of God, really. And in fact, God loves us so much, He's given us truth, the Bible, not to uh, box us in and squelch our fun or withhold any good thing. Look, a lot of what God has done, I firmly believe this, the Lord in His mercy has laid down truth and revealed morality uh, (laughs) to protect us from ourselves very often. I thank God that God loved the human race so much, not just to tell us what we want to hear, but tell us these things that we need to hear. Well, Alex McFarland, the American Family Radio Network, so honored that you're listening. Um, I'm going to shift gears a little bit and talk about something really special that's coming up. It's a film with a beloved American figure, Pat Boone. Uh, You know Pat Boone, my goodness, for probably... Like all of our lives, Pat Boone has been around. And we're going to speak with Rick Eldridge, the CEO of Real Works Studios. 
And um, there's a new film. It deals with golf. Okay, now, men, listen up. Many of you love golf. The Mulligan uh, is a parable about second chances. It's going to be in select theaters uh, two nights, April 18 and 19. And uh, Rick Eldridge of Real Works Studios. Uh, are you there, my friend? Rick is here. Okay, Rick, welcome. Hey. Thanks for holding. Welcome to the All American right, Family yeah. Radio Network. Thank you. Good to be here. Hey, I'm going to tell you something I bet you'll be glad about. A week ago, I went to a movie theater in my hometown of Greensboro, North Carolina, and there was a right. Fathom Events, which is a movie um, a promotion company, I suppose. They were, they were uh-huh. showing movie classics, and we saw this John Wayne movie on the big screen, but we saw a trailer for The Mulligan. And All right. <laughs> a year, yeah, a, a year ago at National Religious Broadcasters, NRB, I, I met Pat Boone, which was a great thrill. I grew up hearing Pat Boone on my parents' record player. You know, I've always known who Pat Boone was. Great American entertainer, singer, right, Christian. Right. Saw him at NRB last year. Saw him again this year, just two weeks ago. And then um, Wednesday night a week ago, saw the Mulligan trailer in the big theater. So congratulations. The word is getting out. Thank you. Thank you. We're excited about it. Uh, And Pat did such an amazing job. Uh, He played the old pro and uh, he, uh, he was just perfect. Uh, You know, you always do casting. and, And when I, when you look at multiple people for a role, I had one name for this role and it was Pat Boone. And, and so I'm so glad he was, available and and uh, willing and able to do it and he did a fantastic job for us uh no doubt no doubt well um tell people about the mulligan what is the premise of the film and and where will they be able to see it the story is basically a corporate executive who has a very uh successful international business Uh, everything seems to be going great on the outside but uh inside his life is pretty messed up Uh, he, he his kid and he have no relationship, so his son hates him. Uh, he's leaving his wife, so his marriage is gone. And he's put so much time and so much effort into building up these things around him that he's forgotten the things that matter most. Uh, so he goes to this golf tournament where he thinks he's going to um, impress this business executive from Asia that he's uh, hoping to do some business with. And he runs into uh, a fellow who's the old pro. He kind of makes a fool of himself at the course and doesn't really have a great day. Uh, kind of winds up breaking a club over his knee, which makes national TV. Uh, but the old pro, he thinks, is going to fix his golf game. Uh, but it becomes really more of a do-over in life. And that's what a mulligan is. It's a second chance. It's a do-over. And we use the whole story as an analogy of our faith. Uh, I mean, we all, everybody listening to this, has either had a second chance uh, and, and the greatest ultimate mulligan is, is really uh, the, the grace and forgiveness that we have in our Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and that's the story, that's the message that we tell through this. Uh, and it's exciting. It's a, it's a very unique way to present the gospel in a way that is not uh, preachy. It's, not, uh, it's somewhere you could bring someone that maybe doesn't quite want to go to church with you, but, but through the analogy they could hear and they could see and and maybe understand it a little differently that uh, with all the mulligans, the greatest mulligan is, is, uh, is the grace that we get from our Lord. Wow. Uh, well, this is great. Well, folks, we're just talking with Rick Eldridge of um, 
Real Work Studios. Tell us about the, this is a very innovative way to do ministry. Um, tell us about the studios and what you've done and what some of your other projects coming up are going to be. Absolutely. Uh, the um, Some of the movies that, that people may know, The Ultimate Gift, we did several years ago, and uh, and The Ultimate Gift became uh, a trilogy of Ultimate Life and Ultimate Legacy. Uh, this is actually my 30th movie, uh, and wow. my very first movie was uh, Bobby Jones, Stroke of Genius, uh, with Jim Caviezel, and uh, we, we brought him in and did that movie literally right after he finished with The Passion. And, uh, and, and through the years, we've made quite a few films. Kind of the, the basis for me, I want to tell stories that, uh, that can, can inspire, that can entertain, that can stand at a high level, uh, but yet everything undergirding it is, is through uh, uh, a message of, of, of the gospel and a message of how we can integrate faith into our lives. And uh, this, is, this story I'm, I'm so excited about because it's probably the most succinct presentation of the gospel I've ever put on film. And, uh, and yet you, you fall in love with the character, you track his life, and you identify with some of the failures that he's had, because we've all had them. You identify with some of the things that he, and he actually rejects and walks away when he, he gets presented the gospel. Uh, he just says, I don't know if I'm ready. Well, how many of us have said that? But, but yet through the conviction of his son and, and the relationship with his family, uh, he, he, he comes around and, and, uh, and it, it, you identify with the character and you, you understand the struggles he's dealing with. So very excited about this story and about, uh, I think, what it can bring and, and, and open up some conversation to, to be able to talk to those that maybe are sometimes difficult to talk about these subjects with. Sure, sure. And uh, you know what? Um, I, I want to commend you for using the arts to contribute to the Great Commission. Because, you know, when, when we think you. about evangelism, I mean, we might think about kind of just this Rambo evangelism, talking to a stranger uh, about Jesus. And I mean, sometimes those opportunities do come along. But when, when we talk about, you know, film and story, using story to share the great story, the greatest story that's of right. Jesus. I, I think that, Rick, that's especially powerful because, um, pe- for, for one thing, a good story people remember, just retention is better, but the Holy Spirit of God can use a, a great piece of art, whether it's music or a film or, or a book. I think you're on the cutting edge of evangelism in the 21st century, my friend. You. And, you know, the, the thing that I tell people a lot is when you, when you read the Gospels and you see how Jesus walked among people and, and uh, communicated, uh, he, he very rarely or, or, or he, he basically communicated through his life, through his walk, and through story. Uh, how many times would he be challenged with something, and instead of answering the challenge and trying to defend it, he would take off his story? And about halfway through the story, the person listening would say, "Wow, he's talking about me," and uh, and he identified with people in that way. And, they, and we call them parables in the Bible, uh, and and that's really uh, this is the parable, the parable of second chances. So uh, we're doing that very thing, uh, and and yeah, you know, we have in the media today multiple opportunities to do that through uh, three minute stories that we call songs, and uh, sometimes two hour stories that we call movies, but. Uh, 
you know, all of the telling those, uh, those messages and stories that can make a difference. Hey, I, I got to ask you this. Um, and, and by the way, folks, if you're just tuning in, this is the American Family Radio Network. We're talking with Rick Eldridge of Real Works Studios, The Mulligan, A Parable of Second Chances. It's in theaters in April, and I would encourage people. I've seen the trailer. I actually had the privilege of meeting one of the stars, Pat Boone. TheMulliganMovie.com, The Mulligan Movie. And men, a great opportunity. Look, golf. Guys love golf. Some Some women do, too, but... Great opportunity in a non-threatening yet very compelling way to bring somebody under the sound of the gospel through attending this film. And and Rick, I'm going to get back to you, but let me just encourage people, support this, go to the theater, find out where it is in your area, because Rick, um, if family-friendly movies, family-friendly fare uh, does well... We need to support it, and if if this movie is a success, among other things, doesn't it send a message to Hollywood that good, truthful, uplifting films uh, will be supported by people who care about truth? It it really does, and you think uh, you know, and we can say a lot of negative things about Hollywood, and there's a lot of messaging that that maybe we don't appreciate or or, or believe in. Uh, and for them, uh, they're gonna, they're going to chase the business that 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 makes them the most money, and and the more we support and get behind the kinds of messaging that that's out there that that we uh, the more see that, uh, and uh, and I think we we have seen a major growth in, in faith oriented filmmaking and. Uh, several of my friends are doing that, and I'm, I, I just applaud them and, and, and pray for them that they're going to do what they do. Uh, but you know, Rick, I think I'm losing you, my friend. Hey, um, oh. I tell you. I think I'm losing you. Sorry about that. Uh, one last question, yep. and I hope we can hear you well. I've got to ask you: What, what was it like to work with Pat Boone? Because, like I said, yeah, he's had gold <laughs> records, a film star, um, just yep. a, a great American, a, a, a faithful Christian, but just a great American uh, personality. What was it like to get to know him? Pat uh, was wonderful. He uh, he he really just brought energy every day. Uh, he he was eighty seven years old, and and probably uh, you know the he 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 was the 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 most up and ready to go every day. He was excited about the job he was doing and, and cared about everybody around him. And, and that was really evident and, uh, uh, always took time for people and, uh, you know, really lived, uh, lived his faith out, you know, in uh, and not everybody on our film is a Christian. So they see that and they see in him an example. Uh, he, he, he truly has a humility about him and, uh, and just a strong sense of faith. Uh, he he brought it every day. It's uh, he had, he knew his lines. He was there, and just a joy to work with. A, a, a total pro. Absolutely, no doubt about it. Uh, where was it filmed? We were filmed in North Georgia, just uh, about an hour and a half north of Atlanta, uh, uh, right on Lake Hartwell at a at a club, country club called Curahee Club. Uh, beautiful location, 
and we used uh, the, the city for all the other sequences around it. We did go into Atlanta for a few days, but most everything was done right out there, and it was uh, a great environment, a uh, beautiful place to work. Sure. Well, again, give the website where people can find the theater in their area. Uh, and again, the movie is right. uh, The Mulligan. Uh, you ought to see it. You will not be disappointed. Thank you. Yeah, themulliganmovie.com. Uh, you can go there and literally put your zip code in uh, and and find the closest theater to you. Uh, we're in every major market across the country. It's a day-and-date movie, so I invite people to theaters April 18 and 19. Uh, we may extend to, to additional days, but right now those are our two days, and we're hoping to fill theaters across America on those days. Um, you know, I saw the trailer in conjunction with um, Fathom Events, which shows classic films in theaters. Um, mm -hmm. Is Real Works uh, connected to Fathom in some way? We have a partnership in that we do release. Uh, this is our, I think, fifth release with Fathom. They're basically a, a releasing company that is owned in conjunction with AMC, Regal, and Carmack, you know, the largest chains in the country. And, uh, you know, we have a relationship with them to be able to work alongside of them to release these films. They've been a great partner. Sure. God bless you. I commend you for the work you're doing. And, folks, again, uh, a great opportunity to bring people under the sound of the gospel in a very positive, non-threatening way. TheMulliganMovie.com, starring Pat Boone. Rick Eldridge of Real Work Studios, thanks for being with us. Folks, I will be back 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Exploring the Word will be on this afternoon, but stay tuned to all the great programming of the American Family Radio Network. For more, the earlier topic that we were covering about homosexuality, gay weddings, you can check out our book, 100 Bible Questions and Answers by Bert Harper and myself. It's available at the AFA store and everywhere. God bless you. Thanks for listening, and may God bless America. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.